as far as it was possible for an elderly gentleman suffering from dyspepsia and a particularly violent attack of gout to take pleasure in anything but the alleviation of his various pains, the Earl of Roxton was enjoying himself. He was engaged on the agreeable task of delivering himself of a diatribe on the shortcomings of his heir. To the uninitiated, his strictures must have seemed unjust, for Viscount Desford bore the appearance of a son of whom any father must have been proud. In addition to a good-looking countenance and a lithe, athletic figure, he had the easy manners which sprang as much from an innate amiability as from his breeding. He had also a considerable store of patience and a sense of humour which showed itself in the smile which lurked in his eyes, and which was thought by a great many persons to be irresistible. His father was not of their number. When a victim of gout, he thought it exasperating. The month was July, but the weather was so far from sultry that the Earl had caused a fire to be kindled in his library. On either side of the hearth, he and his heir were seated, the Earl with one heavily bandaged foot on a stool, and his heir, having discreetly edged his chair away from the warmth of the smouldering logs, at his graceful ease opposite him. The Viscount was wearing the coat, the buckskin breeches, and the top boots, which were the correct morning attire for any gentleman sojourning in the country, but a certain elegance, deriving from the cut of his coat, and the arrangement of his neckcloth, gave his father an excuse for apostrophizing him as a damned dandy, to which he responded in mild protest, No, no, sir, the dandy set would be shocked to hear you say so. I collect, said his father, glaring at him, that you call yourself a Corinthian. To own the truth, sir, said the Viscount apologetically, I don't call myself anything. He waited for a moment, watching with as much sympathy as amusement the champing of his parents' jaws, and then said coaxingly, Now come, papa, what have I done to earn such a trimming from you? What have you done to earn praise from me? instantly countered the earl. Nothing. You're a skitterbrain, sir, a slibber-slabber here and therein, with no more thought for what you owe your name than some rubbishing commoner. A damned scattergood. And you've no need to remind me that you're not dependent on me for the money you waste on your horses and your betting, and your bits of muslin, for I'm well aware of it, and what I said at the time, and say now, and always shall say, is that it was just like your great-aunt to leave her fortune to you.